0: Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode.
1: Lads, we're back. Yep,
0: still here. We're David Backus.
1: Uh, no, 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 no.
0: This, that's, that's going to be Daniel's thing, isn't it? Trying to come up with hockey player puns. I
1: don't know. Um, are one out, though. Where we limit our discussion on the royal family. And, after, the uh, and, and the
0: Minnesota Wild. And the Minnesota. Yeah.
1: No, after last week, we're clearly a Minnesota Wild fan podcast at this point. You know, they went home with all our half-season awards, according to a certain number of the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it was—it's fun though. They're a fun team, aren't they? Like, I think, and this is just not a bias thing, but like, they're one of the most exciting teams this year. Like, remember where we ranked them?
1: Dumpster fire, didn't we? Yeah. We off-season review.
2: Yeah, and then what's pretty funny is because what they got for Eric Stahl is Marcus Johansson, and he's not even in the lineup.
1: I don't know if that's a rousing endorsement to get people into the Minnesota. Well, they lost this trade before the season even started. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I all
1: you have to say to make people watch Minnesota is the real tip
2: Capo Kokinen. Cap. Ryan yeah. Hartman switched into, you know, switched into becoming a center. I think you know, Jared Bravo. Spurgeon. Jared Spurgeon, great captain. He scored last night, first goal in twenty six oh, games.
1: I wouldn't say that Jared Spurgeon is must must watch TV. He's the um, guy who, you appreciate what he does, but you don't. He's not a flashy. Ryan
2: player. Suter, he's underrated.
1: Not a flashy player.
2: Underrated.
1: Matt uh, Dumba, good player, fun player to watch. Probably Carlson
2: in- Susi, underrated.
1: Might be suspended.
2: I know. <laughs> man, Lawson Krauss. I just remember him. I know he's not on the dock, but he man, like he used to be a fan favorite of mine in 2015.
1: He was a reclamation project. I yeah, mean, about him being drafted and it was like, is he gonna is he the next bust? Is this everyone still trying to find the next big power forward? And uh, well he's somewhere in between right now.
2: Has that has that evaporated already? Like the search for the next great Power um, forward. Well, I think what's
0: happening is teams are trying to find answers to Tom Wilson. And it's clearly very difficult. Because um, you obviously the salary cap's not going up, but uh, you're not, there's not many guys like Tom Wilson.
2: Yeah.
1: I think what you hope to do, and we've started to see this, is you get a player like. If we look at a Patrick Line, right? The frame and the ability there is, you know, to use his physicality, right? But you didn't draft him just for that. You could see his frame when he was a teenager, but you knew that his first thing was going to be offense. And, you know, when he was straight out of Winnipeg, Paul Marie said, you know, that's a guy who could be a big power forward. Austin Matthews doesn't quite use his body as much as I think some people would like him to, but you didn't draft him for that. But... Mm-hmm. When he starts using that, like in the body, he could be a fantastic, like power forward sniper type guy. Because really, he's like a he's like a much better version of Rick Nash, if you really think about it. Yeah. Not the reach, but you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it just when I look back on like I guess the modern era with things where you know this is probably like small speculation or something, but when a guy doesn't have isn't a point per game guy in the OHL and he still goes in the top 15 of the draft.
1: Well, I mean... The first and thing, he's a forward. The top 15 of the draft is less and less Canadians nowadays anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. But, was, like, was, when you look back on 2015, like, a guy like Lawson Cross went
1: 11th. And that was... But that was a reach, too. People weren't excited about that pick.
2: Because he was ranked, what, 8th going into the draft? This was
0: 2015, correct?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh... Big burly man. I don't. I don't know.
2: My last thing on Lawson Krause because I didn't think I was going to talk about him today, but I don't. know. I wanted him to do well. Like he had the 20-30 points last few seasons, but this year he has like three points. Yeah. And he's been running after people Arizona, to fight bro. them.
1: Yep. They're a family in Arizona. Didn't you know? The Yokes Pack. Or you know who also said not, that? No. Doug Armstrong. Or- Lou
2: Lamorello when he was with the Devils.
1: What, they're a family?
2: They're a family. That's they're, why everyone took pay cuts.
1: They're, you know what the Devils kind of remind me of? How they're not allowed to show individualism. Um, you, you kind of go for the logo instead of the individual. They're kind of just like the royal family. <laughs> you can't be a character. You have to do everything you do for them. You cannot take a stance. They, the New York, uh, the, now the New York Islanders are basically like the royal family.
2: This is the first time I've heard you talk about the Royal Family. Sure. Oh i know right, sure.
1: if you think about it, I think that's a very good comparison that I've disconnected. Lou Lamorello was the queen.
2: Okay. There sure. we
1: go. All sure. about the courtesies, but you know, we don't really know what Lou Lamorello is like as a person. Sure. He never sure. will too. Except the time apparently in like college uh, he tried to file a referee. Thanks, Brian Berg, for that.
2: All right. Cape keep keeping with the Hudson River teams. Ralph Krueger.
1: Daniel, you just ruined my transition.
2: God did I, did I yes. take the transition from yes, you? I ran did. with it.
1: February twenty third. Does that date mean anything to you guys? No, not at all. That's when we
2: thought everything was okay and we saw each other no. in person. No, 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 no. no.
1: This, this so is. 2021 2020. or twenty
2: 2020. twenty.
1: Twenty twenty one. February twenty
2: twenty one. Yes. We were basically. probably doing this or schoolwork.
1: That was the last time the Sabers won a game.
2: Wow.
1: February twenty third. And it was a 4-1 win over, over New Jersey. Now their 12th straight loss was in New Jersey. And that led finally to the firing of head coach Ralph Kruger earlier today. Before we get straight into this, do you guys know who scored the last goal of Ralph Kruger's tenure I, as, as the senior
2: coach? I do.
1: Do you know who it was, Daniel?
2: Um, I'd take a stab at this. Okay. Sit. Jake McCabe.
1: It was Jeff Skinner. The man who he just put on the fourth line, benched Jeff Skinner, ladies and gentlemen. So we all saw this coming. I think we all sort of thought that this was a bit overdue. I don't even think this is the first of massive stretch of games that that, that Kruger has lost since becoming the head coach in Buffalo. Listen, an interim has been named. I'm not going to name him because no one knows who the guy is. You know why? Because Buffalo don't have any staff. They are probably the thinnest staff team in the league because as I tweeted and Daniel read earlier before we started recording and then liked it. Thank you, Daniel. Do we all forget the bloodletting before the season started in Buffalo? How? And again, and we're look, it looks more and more likely that Jack Eichel is gone. Like he is not going to play another game in the Sabres uniform. How do you fix things there? Like what happens next for Buffalo?
0: There's, there's two sides. Like it's, you can't like right now it is very difficult. You are, we're halfway through the season. What is possibly going to change? If this is why for me, it's, there's two sides here. It's, it's, I don't know, like, why did you, like, what is the point? Like, you're getting, okay, so I get it. You're getting r- rid of Ralph Kruger to just to get, for the sake of getting rid of Ralph Kruger because clearly he has lost the room. He has lost 12 straight games. He has lost everything. But who is going to come in here and clean up this mess?
1: No one's going to do it this year. They can't afford it.
0: Oh, Sure. But it's the summer. What head coach in their right? Like we already saw Gerard Gallant didn't even want to go to New Jersey because for for whatever reason, probably something to do with having to start from the bottom once again. Why would he go to Buffalo? Probably like same reason. And if anything, it's worse in Buffalo. You're about to get rid of, a franchise altering player because you couldn't you spent it's been what six years now trying to build around this guy who else is going to come in well mike babcock's not coming back to the league anytime soon
1: i don't know about that
0: you think they're they're paid they paid ralph Kruger 3.9 million dollars what do you think mike babcock would ask for
2: 7.5 well, that just I mean, on top of I my head
1: you can ask right because it, wouldn't it have to be um during like in the frames of his current contract that runs with the leafs still and then the question becomes what do the Leafs retain out of it
0: i think not i think they can technically still pay him more than what his contract is currently worth i think i'm not 100 percent sure on that But if I'm Mike Babcock, again, this is a very different situation than when he almost signed in Buffalo years ago. If I'm Mike Babcock, why would I go to Buffalo?
1: Well, well, I guess that goes to the question, where else could he go? Um, But first, Daniel, your thoughts on Kruger being let go in Buffalo. Um, so what's funny for you guys, for those of you who don't really understand how big a 12 game losing streak is, besides the fact it's a lot of games, that's about like just over an, an eighth of in a normal season. Here we are in a condensed season, 56 games. They have technically lost 21% of their games this season, technically on this streak alone, Daniel.
2: Yeah. And we've mentioned it before where I think the funny thing is we talk about the support system of Connor McDavid, but then we think about Jack Eichel and how nice does it look in Edmonton comparatively to what's going on in Buffalo? Because my first instinct is, all right, you know, you messed up. You didn't, you, you built something on shaky foundation really anywhere in the organization. So it's all about gutting everything and rebuilding. But again, that's the same narrative they've had the last seven years that they went for the higher picks. They, they, went for you know different approaches in coaching different approaches in management and it's the same result every time that i don't know understand what what it is is it just it is just like the whole culture of it everywhere because i i look at this where it's a team that that i think that they have their blessings here and there Mm -hmm. but they never know how to like like it's like it in a way, it gets cursed in a way. Like, for example, they got Jeff Skinner pennies on the dollar. Excellent season. And then they pay him and look what happens to him now. And then Jack Eichel, they technically didn't win the, they didn't win the Connor McDavid sweep days, but, you know, they got a guy who would have been first overall in any other draft. And they didn't do anything with it. And then Rasmus Deline. and then we could go, the list goes on where, you know, Rasmus Raskolainen, where they've held onto him too long. They've kind of, not really committed to him in any way and how, how do you expect the team to kind of perform like that where they just don't see an actual end to any of this like an actual goal that they have to meet because it's the same thing every season
1: so think of it like sorry go ahead Alex. no no go go, go think go. of it like this now um if we talk about tearing it down to the bone that's what they did to get eichel and they never recovered they don't have scouting staff anymore <laughs> they don't have developmental staff anymore um, where
0: does it go now? Well, oh, sorry, no, no, now, nowhere, nowhere. Yeah, it, it the thing is, they are so far behind and they are so down the lineup. Look at, like, look at how they've ran the or like how the organization has been run over the last few years, it's not been filled with people who have experience. Like, I'm sorry, like, I'm all for giving people new new opportunities here, but Kevin Adams has no assistant general managers, no assistant general managers. So like Jason Botterill was never a general manager. I understand he worked under Jim Rutherford for that period of time, but it's, there's a difference between being an assistant general manager, whether you're the scouting guy or whether you're the Wilkesbury, Scranton, Penguins guy, and being a manager, general manager, um, negotiating contracts worth millions of dollars. There's a there's a difference there, right? And we've seen it multiple times in the past. What they should have done, what the Pagula should have done before, is put someone with major experience to deal with this. Just like the Leafs did it with Lula Morello, just like teams have done it in the, like, like the Oilers did with Ken Holland. Put someone in there who knows what they're do, like who's had some type of experience. You can't throw a new guy in there and expect everything to magically fix itself.
1: A president of hockey ops, like a Brian Burke, for example, uh, would actually be a really, really good fit there. If Ottawa couldn't get one though, what chance do Buffalo have now? And exactly. No money.
0: N- not even just with no money. Like they're so, th- they are, it's too, they're too far down. Like they've dug themselves into a hole that's going to be very difficult to take themselves out of.
2: It's, it's been like a history thing with them though. Like the Sabres have just been, it, it's been happening to them for like how long Where. I realized that you know eleven, fifteen years ago, they did have a solid core, but again, like these guys left and then they rode on Ryan Miller way too long and then even if you go further back to it, they had Dominic Hashik in his prime mm-hmm. couldn't keep him, he didn't want to stay, and it's just another it's another thing where these guys never really want to commit there, and I'm not saying you know Jack Eichel, I really applaud him for what he's been able to do. There, the last six years, what he's been able to kind of, kind of like, you know, have those elite numbers despite the lack of support, despite the fact that you don't really have any stability there because the roster keeps changing, the coaches keep changing.
1: How many coaches has he had? I wonder. I say six. I don't know. Because we talked about last week, Darlene, whenever Kruger gets his new, would be his third already, and he was drafted 2018. I want to say, because uh, it was him, Spachnikov, cock and Yemi. Buffalo, um, man, they lose in every department, including stuff like college free agents, and we got to talk about one of those guys right now. Goodbye, Jimmy Vesey. Uh, he was claimed off waivers by the Canucks. Our sympathies go out to Mike, who is just heartbroken. Just
2: absolutely,
0: absolutely heartbroken.
1: heartbroken that he's gone to Vancouver.
2: <laughs> there were glimpses there. Oh I don't know. No. The first, first, first game when he scored of the season – I said, yeah, it's going to work out. And then things kind of went as they did. And then he had that two goal game. Yep. And I said, there's hope. But I think this was a aspect of this relationship that he was there for the moment in our life, but he wasn't our forever. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I was very surprised he got claims, by the way.
1: Same kind of. Um,
2: it's weird with those NCAA guys, right? Like, you never actually know, like, it's, it's a great trajectory when it comes to all right, when is the uh, when are the stars gonna start not having the yellow in them anymore with the potential?
1: <laughs> Solid NHL game reference there, Daniel. So, I, I was looking at Colorado this year, and I was thinking they're not, they're not quite as dominant as I thought they were gonna be, right? Then Daniel puts a little thing in the... I think it was Daniel who put something in the doc, right? About them being injured. And I was like, oh, okay, let's look at this. I forgot Eric Johnson has been on LTIR for what feels like forever. Their backup goalie and Pavel Fransouz. Meanwhile, also on injury reserve, Kale McCarr and Bo and Byram. Kale McCarr, the rookie of the year last year, by the way. Despite that, though, I believe since McKinnon's been back from injury, I don't think they've lost. And they kind of curb stomped the Ducks last night. Eight
2: oh, my gosh. I made that joke. Remember the first period? Like, the Ducks scored 50% of their season goals already. Yep. One game. And then, my gosh. Like, I thought things were going to turn – Not You know, not even turn around. I thought, like – If they lost 5-4, I'd be like, okay, it's a typical Ducks game. But to make it 8-4, it's ridiculous. Like, three games ago, they lost 6-1 against the Sharks.
1: The funny thing is, is I think it was a close game at one point, but then I think Colorado scored, it was like five straight? Five or six straight in the uh, second and third?
2: Yeah, the seventh goal was uh, empty netter. And then the eighth goal was because the Ducks took a a late penalty and then Brendan Sod scored.
1: I kind of love how Colorado were relentless there.
2: Brandon yeah. saw
1: it by the knees up to 10 goals What the pickup. It's yeah. only Chicago have lost that trade twice. Well, then, since we're right there, then we might as well talk about the Ducks, who um, are not doing well, we can say. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, that's one way of putting it.
1: <laughs> I mean, John Gibson has, he himself, been very outspoken about the way the season has gone. They don't really. I still don't know what exactly Anaheim are because I think we talked about it a bit before this season. And Daniel, you've, you've definitely talked about this like how some of their depth lines have just been juggled different players. Why are we still guys like Derek? Why did Derek Grant get a three year contract?
2: That's the thing. Bob Murray, I think he assumed that. I think there's two things going on here is he assumed that they were going to be competitive because they still have a lot of quality pieces there, right? It's just I know they don't have like the legitimate stars anymore or uh, they just don't have that type of consistency that they had in the past. And the second thing is he like for what Bob Murray's been able to do and I know like he's not doing a good job right now, but I cannot lie when I say that he's drafted so well without like a top three pick. That I think that got to him. That got to him to the fact that I just need to be more patient with these guys. That I like, you know, Troy Terry was a fifth round pick. That like all these guys that like Maxim Kontal was late in the second round. Like it's all these type of guys that these guys are going to make it happen. But he just assumed that we have to give them minutes to develop, and then you know they are carry the team. But I see them more as guys that are going to complement, you know, a Trevor Zegras in the future. It's not going to be something now where it's like, I got to stay competitive with these guys.
1: I was going to look at their cat friendly quickly. Do you know, I think this is a really quick thing. We can move on from this in a second. Do you know the current cap space of the Washington capitals? Like right this second?
0: Uh, is it negative?
1: It's $10.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like not 10,000. No, not a hundred, $10 is their current cap space. Ten dollars. Anyway, um, well then we gotta start talking about. If we look at like certain trades and areas, we'll wait until we talk about the the ducks in their specific division. Yeah, yeah. I keep wanting to say the Pacific. They're in the West, right? Or are they in the Central this year? They're in
2: the West Honda division.
1: They play in the Honda Center too. They yeah. This was really their. Yeah. Did you know that the Ducks have never selected higher than sixth, Alex?
0: Um, I think so. Someone would have to remind me. They've never had a first overall pick.
1: I was reading, um, or, or they were that I, I saw this, this one. Um, I remember listening to Brian Burke say back in the day when he sent down Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlav because the team was just so bad. And I know at the beginning of the season, we were clamoring for Trevor Zegras to get the shot, but at this point, I don't know if he should be around this. Because they are bad, and I think this is a lot more than just Joss Manson being out too.
2: Yeah, and Hampus Lindholm kind of teetering off.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It,
0: it this is a horrible situation.
1: Never forget um, about the LTIR of Ryan Kessler, By the way. Yeah,
2: <laughs> they um. Yeah, I mean, like any team, it's bound to happen with this. It's just, it's just the one thing that really irked me was that Bob Murray was going to go into deadline looking for twenty-four to twenty-seven year olds. To fill his roster that no, get draft picks, you know, get prospects. This is not the time to kind of assume that you're going to what finish like 11th again. Like you're going to try to like end up somewhere where it's just not going to be good, where it's just going to be another, another assortment of bad contracts.
0: Mm -hmm. I Daniel, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What on this team
2: can you trade All I could think of right now is Ricard Raquel. Um
1: want to to trade because his, his value is apparently too high.
2: Um who else is there? Um like Troy Terry, I don't know. Like it's just I I know that he's been on the hot seat a bit, but I I'd like to keep him on the ducks. It just it's just these guys that I don't know, like the stability isn't there like it used to be where you would able to bring in these young guys and then you'd help them along the way. Like, you know, like what Ricard Raquel or Ambus Lindholm kind of got to experience or even to like a, a Isaac Lundestrom towards like, you know, the tail end of the ducks competing. You just don't have that anymore where you'll bring in a bunch of these young guys, but you know, like I really look at Ryan Getzlaff as the leader and that's it. But the thing is, I don't know where he's at right now because he hasn't been vocal about anything, and he's obviously frustrated with what things are going on. But at the same time, you're getting $8 million. You're not getting moved.
1: Well, that, and I'm sure they want to keep him for legacy's sake. You know, there yeah. was you linked to it, um, an athletic article. And talked we talked about Ryan Miller. Apparently, he shut down a trade to San Jose, which, by the way, I love how San Jose's goalie solutions have been like Dubnik and trying to get Ryan <laughs> Miller, by the way. That's hilarious. The Ducks, though. Maybe we'll look at specific trade possibilities this Sunday, next Sunday, the Sunday after that, we don't know yet because we have all the Sundays vision we're doing next, but we will maybe after the show. We'll see. We've been very negative to start the show. I'm realizing very negative. So I think we talk about some positives here. And by that, I of course mean congratulations. We're back to the Ovechkin watch. No. Alexander Ovechkin has hit 1,300 points and 718 goals. He now has sole possession of sixth place all time in goal scoring. A word, lads, on the increasing legacy of Alexander Ovechkin.
0: I mean, I feel like we've said this uh, so many times before. Uh, probably the, if, most definitely, probably the greatest goal scorer of all time. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're just gonna. I gotta write this down and and need to save it every time he passes <laughs> another milestone because it just keeps coming. He is. You put him in the same spot; it will work no matter what. It's it's incredible.
1: Daniel,
2: I'm gonna borrow from James Myrtle with the mm-hmm. record and say, I say he does it. I I I don't know. I'm I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. Alexander Ovechkin, I think, no, when we think about like veteran teams, I think the Capitals have been able to kind of supplement their veteran core in a way like they've they they they've hit their draft picks pretty well. So I think in terms of a support system to help them get there, I think they're going to be okay. But I don't know. Like, I think looking too far ahead with that, I'd like to also just kind of say that I just want to enjoy the present Alexander Ovechkin. I just want to say that, you know, like we lived in this era where one of the greatest goal scorers was there. And the fact that, he, like, you know, he's 35 or he's going to turn 35, right? Um, yeah, he's old. I, I don't know. I just want to keep appreciating, like, what he's been able to do regardless of the age that that he, he could keep on going. Like, it reminds me of a Pavel Datsuk where, like, he could still carry a line at 35, 36 that I just still want to see that consistency there and just enjoy it for what it is.
1: 13 more goals, so he goes to a Marcel Dion for a top five in goal scoring, by the way.
0: It is extremely unfortunate that COVID got rid of the bat, like, what, the last 20 games of a season. Mm-hmm. He's missed a season and a half due to lockouts.
1: Without them, he's in striking range right now.
0: Yeah. For sure. No question.
1: You can add to be safe, let's say minimums. He should have another 70 goals on his belt right now 70, 75 ish. Because he was going to score 50 last year. Yeah. Tommy Ovechkin's not going to score at least five, maybe six in the last 20 games of last season. Yeah. You know what? He'll, he'll, I was talking to Mike about this. I think he'll at least beat Hal. Like he'll get to 800.
0: Yeah. I, I think so as well
1: it's gonna it's gonna take a lot, but you know what hopefully this is why I want to go back to old divisions just so he can feed on the lower teams. I'm okay if he lights up the hats for a time. I want to see him get there. I really do Carrie you know what Carry Price should be at the ceremony that he gets Well, like if he passes Gretzky, keep is Carry Carry was a net for a few of those Carrie Carry definitely what was who was a Eddie Lack tweeted like if not for me, you'd be fifteen goals behind right now. <laughs> Alexander no, and another story with him an unrestricted free agent this year
2: uh they'll figure it out he's probably gonna do like i call i'm gonna say two year pack he's gonna go he's gonna do the steve iserman after he's gonna just do like one year contracts yeah. after that
1: with montreal exactly in my I game
2: he- i think he goes yeah, i think he went to Minnesota in my video game see, in NHL twenty one they
1: never in the in the in the NHL games he never gets signed so, I think, like, after that first year, I think everyone who plays it signs him. Yeah. Because, like, I'm going to go. And then, like, you normally win a cup or two. Um, yeah. All right. 31 Thoughts is a great podcast and a great article. I want to refer specifically to the podcast that came out on Monday. And um, we're going to talk about a few points here. First off, and this is all from Elliot Freeman, obviously talked about the fact that Eric Stahl is probably not a Canadian division solution. And by that means we've, you know, this kind of makes sense when you think about it, because when it came to Eric Stahl out of Minnesota in the past few years, every time we've heard about him being available, once we actually get Eric Stahl's take, he's always said, yeah, I don't really want to get traded. And the 14 day quarantine is probably going to be a little bit of an issue there. Kind of wish Elliot had said this before our trade deadline preview show, but I'll take it anyway. Oh, damn it. So, maybe Mikael Graham is a better third-line solution for the Leafs. That, and he's not convinced that Ricard Raquel is going anywhere because the price may be too high. Maybe you guys have a thought on these two centermen slash Raquel. Can also play wing, but for value sake, we say centermen. Uh, these two guys probably not being an option for Canadian teams.
0: Um. Well, the thing with the idea behind stall not being a canadian division solution would then i mean with the exception of him not wanting to be traded which if i'm i guess if i'm buffalo i kind of listen to um the issue is then grandland's also like these this 14 day quarantine is going to be an issue for anyone outside of the canadian division right anyone coming outside to in. I mean, if Elliot Friedman said it, then I guess he's right. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I'm not going to dispute Elliot Friedman. This is not happening on this podcast. But with Ricard Raquel, I, I think it goes back to what Daniel was like saying before. It's like he's a- Bob Murray is literally looking for guys between 24 and 27, and Ricard Raquel is 27. I don't agree necessarily with what Bob Murray is doing. And I think to answer your question that you asked before about what is Anaheim, it fully depends on who you ask. Bob Murray would say, I don't like, I don't even know what Bob Murray's answer would be, but I mean, listen, like how high is the price? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think the teams are just playing hard to get. I think you don't want to dispel your whole plan right now. And I think something's still going to happen. Like bef- like when they mentioned the Jake Muzzin trade, you know, there was speculation where like, I guess on everybody with the Kings, but it wasn't kind of like, we're going to, f- you know, dart in on this one guy for two weeks before he gets traded. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it was a good price. You know, I was sad to see yeah. my boy called Grunstrom get traded, but you know, that was the price that was set. It,
0: it's funny you bring that up. Everyone wasn't talking. No one was who's talking about Jake Muzzin. Yeah. Trade from the Kings. Everyone was talking about Alec Martinez. But I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of talk about Jake Muzzin.
2: I just remember when um, the Kings just came out. Like Rob Blakin said, like, no one is kind of like, not even, like this sounds so ominous, like no one is safe. But no, it's kind of like an, an exemption on what he wanted to build with the Kings.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny you bring up Jake Muzzin because uh, Freeman is also set again, Well, I love this before I made a super trade, Elliot, but apparently the price for Matisse at home is like the Muzzin deal, and that would be a first round pick and two prospects. Can't wait for everyone to start doing trade suggestions of their two worst <laughs> prospects in the first round pick.
2: Ryan Paling. And I'm pretty okay. sure that was a new trade. Wait,
1: last hold on week. a minute. What are you trying to say about Ryan Paling?
0: Solid yeah, wh- guy. Yeah, where are know. you trying to say? I put him in my Ecom trade last week. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a
1: centerman, big body. They love those guys. Um, anyway, I know.
0: Ryan Bailey look- and
2: Yan for they- and a first round pick.
0: They've been looking for a centerman for uh, multiple years. Come on. This is perfect. Have,
1: how long have the Predators been in the league?
0: Uh, good question. Was it in 2000?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, they've been looking for first line center. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, 19.
2: Uh, David Leg one was what, 1998?
1: I don't know
0: It's That's been cool. a long time How about that Yeah
1: Since David Legrand was drafted They've been looking for a first line set Okay um, And on the at-home note The teams that Freeman reports are interested Winnipeg Which we all kind of saw coming And is honestly the worst thing that can happen to the teams we all cheer for um, Well Daniel Leafs fan on the side I you know kind of uh, I've always been a Leafs fan Yeah but we kind of push you to be a Ducks fan here. What?
2: Don't tell me who to be.
1: It's tearing me apart, Lisa. Solid room reference. Oh hi, Mark. Anyway, um, so Winnipeg, which would suck for Toronto and Montreal, um, Boston, which would which also suck. So typical.
0: Which would also suck for Toronto and Montreal.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Next yeah. year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are questions about toronto montreal and philly philly because if carter hart doesn't pick it up philly are boned completely and apparently there is some they, and they could look at doing it if they had some expansion stuff figured out at the same time um he's heard that montreal are interested but at the same time some people have also told him that they aren't so we don't know and again it's like New York, Islanders, Toronto, and Montreal, those markets you really don't get a lot from. Um, but Bergeron did downplay boosting up the defense in his p- press conference. Do I believe him? No. Um, and then Toronto, because he talked about the ice time, and I was like, no. But anyway, questions about Toronto, Montreal, and Philly, and Winnipeg and Boston are definitely there. Um, I think all of those teams are, are – Franchises that could very much benefit from getting a Matthias Ekholm, and if Winnipeg get him,
0: I don't even I, want to think about it.
1: My brain, my not my heart, my brain is telling me we're having a Leafs-Jets series in the um, in the finals of the Canadian division, and I think Winnipeg's chances of winning this division are going up a lot because um, Ekholm is a difference maker. And uh, he is the exact player that
2: Winnipeg need. They then he can play the right side? It, yeah.
1: Who cares? Yes.
0: No, no, but he can't. Apparently, apparently yeah. he's played the right side in the past. So he's like a it DJ do, Brody. It, it does fit, right? I think uh, on Sunday we were saying we were looking for a partner for Josh Morrissey. And I mean, listen, if you want to play uh, Sammy Niku and Logan Stanley, I believe they're both left-handed. If you don't want to get if you don't want to get rid of one of them or play them on their offside, here's Matthias Ekholm who can do both.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think he was also, Freed was also talking about, I think he got this from me, honestly, um, that he looked at David Savard as a sort of cheaper version of Ekholm, which is exactly what I said in our player bios and on the show. I am so proud of that. Okay. Um, Anything else we want that you guys want to mention about (laughs) Ekholm, you know, maybe it will make sense or something. I don't know.
2: (laughs) No, it's okay. That's one that's definitely going to – I don't know. By us talking about it enough, I already know that we're driving up the price.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. Um, you know what, guys? The trade deadline may honestly just be one trade, and it may just be Echo, and it's going to be pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. Pretty, pretty excited. I,
2: I have this feeling that – do you remember when Martin Hansel was traded from Arizona to Minnesota, and that was – insane. Like, that was insane because he was a UFA. He was never a top six guy and, like, the Wild gave up like a first, a second and, like, a prospect for him and I I have a feeling that with all the speculation you're going to see something like that. Like, a guy who's, like, a middle six center because he's a center or, like, a right-hand shot is just going to go for a lot.
1: And then he's going to get a $5 million deal from, was that San Jose who gave it to him? Uh, Dallas. Dallas, yes. God, Martin Hansel. I remember... That was a weird year. Was that the rat? Was that the year Verbata was traded to Vancouver? Or am I thinking of the? Um, or am I thinking of? I can't. I think it was Thomas
2: Vanek that year that got traded to Vancouver.
1: Vanek to Vancouver?
2: No, Vancouver. He Vancouver traded him to Columbus for like Tyler Mott.
1: When the hell was Vanek? In, there were those couple of years where Vanek was being dealt every other year.
2: Mm-hmm. I always remember him as a Canadian though.
1: Good thing one of us. Did. Okay, Leafs and Habs. Talk to stuff to talk about. It would be nice that I could talk. There's stuff to talk about with both these teams. Both GMs spoke. We're about halfway through the season. Um, the Leafs are in a bit of a down slump. The Canadians got a big win. Two different sides and two very different press conferences, by the way. I will add between mm-hmm. Ubis and, and Burge. Burge very much keeping his cards up his sleeve, I feel. And Dubis very much saying, like, okay, this is what we're going to do, and I'm prepared to do this, this, and this. So I guess we can start with the GM conferences themselves. And I guess we'll start with Dubis's because, well, we know that the Leaps are apparently willing to trade the top prospects, trop- top prospect, and Kyle Dubas also said, apparently most of their intentions right now, not all of them, most of them are on forward health. Which is very interesting, in my opinion.
0: Well, that's because Rasmus Sandin is untouchable, like the movie, which says a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I, I if if I don't know, man, I don't know. If, if 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 then, not but this, I wonder then because people were talking about Philip Forsberg, if maybe that's the move they're looking at now.
0: I think it's the. I think. Dubis made it seem because of the flat cap that
1: he did say your rental. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: He's more likely to go for a rental, but I I don't know. Like, I don't believe him. I don't necessarily believe that he's just looking at rent, like that rentals is the main priority because that's never been his, his go-to move.
2: Because yeah, I, I agree with Alex that, you know, there's a bit of that, uh, what is a uh, James Myrtle called? The bargain bin finds mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's been able to kind of really, uh, you know, really, r- really find a bit of gold there. And again, like, I think maybe I'm just too fixated on it, but it's just, I I don't see a defensive prospect going the other way. I'd say a Rodion Amirov before I'd say like Erasmus Sandin.
1: I, I, sorry but uh, there is no way that you're trading a Mirov before you trade lilligren at this point i don't believe that
0: well the the question is how much value does Lilligren have across the league that's what that's what the issue is because I think there's still Lee fans out there who still value Timothy Lilligren. i don't think he's going to be what everyone expected when he was drafted right because when he was drafted the whole idea was wow we got an like he dropped how many spots because he had a bad season. He had mono and he dropped to, I think they drafted 15 or 16 around, around there that year. Uh, 17, 17.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know how much, like it like the NHL games clearly don't know what they're talking about. He doesn't have that much value. I just want to put that start, start with that, which isn't a very good comparison, but I, again, I don't believe him that he's just looking at rentals and Daniel brings up a good point with the bargain bin stuff, because when he got here and he said, I can, or we can, and we will, when he said, we're going to sign all these guys, he put himself in the situation where he has to be good at finding the bar at the, finding the bargains. And, you know, some of the signings haven't worked out, unfortunate but some of them have it's, he has to find them. Well,
1: then I think, think? Oh, sorry. sorry. No, go ahead. Go
2: ahead. Oh, no, Yeah, like I just, maybe I'm just again, like, you know, we, we've already had an established template based on you look at based on the depth chart you see of the Leafs prospects. And I have the list right now where I think the key to all of this. And, you know, if like, you know, Rodion Amirov is of too much of a stretch. Like, I think there's those type of guys where, you know they're in the Sean Dursey, they're in the Carl Grunstrom kind of range of things that they're more of those supporting guys that you, you attach to that first-round pick. So I think the key to it just is the draft picks.
1: You know, it makes sense, actually, I'm, I'm thinking here, because if you are willing to trade a top prospect, do you want to do it for a rental? No like especially I'm thinking of top forwards who have one year left this season. And I'm thinking, okay, Kyle Palmieri. Okay. um, If I'm the Leafs, do I want to, he's a good player, obviously having a bad year, but you know, the, the guy's offensive numbers speak for themselves, but would you rather than pay the price? If you have to give up a top guy to rather get Forsberg and get the extra year, if you have to give up more, yeah, but it fits your window. And again, yeah, like giving up too much for, a real difference maker on that team, I, I just it doesn't doesn't quite add up.
0: The only way you're signing a guy who is currently a UFA is if you have an extension in place. Just like like people were bringing up the mark, looking at mark the Mark Stone trade and the Max Pacioretty trade uh, because they were technically rentals, right? Because when the trade was made, they were a UFA at the end of the season. But the thing we have to remember is that they were signed the day of when Max Patrick was he not signed either that day or a week or two later?
1: Yeah, it was around the same time.
0: Yeah. Like Mark Stone trait was traded and literally signed the same day. Those aren't comparables here unless they trade for Eric Stahl or whoever, and they sign them the same day. I don't expect Kyle Dubis to give up a top prospect. For a guy who's gonna play the back half of a fifty-six game season and the one playoff run, yeah,
1: because
0: it's thing. never been done or it's rare. Like even Taylor Hall, I was those about were, to say that those yeah. weren't top prospects.
2: Because um, I guess the comparison here is that this happens a lot in baseball, <laughs> where you because they can't trade draft picks during the season. <laughs> so what's that happening is. Your prospects are really your only capital. So you'll see for teams that really want to win the World Series, like they're, they're trade like three of their top prospects for like one legitimate All Star. Mm-hmm. But in hockey, it's. They, they have been the moves. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but for the time and how good he was at the time, like Thomas Vanek is a comparable. But at the same time, that was because the. The Sabres were running out of time. Not the Sabres. The Islanders were running out of time.
1: The last big, big, big trade I can think of, like, real deadline, get me going, this is exciting stuff, is Tampa getting McDonough and JT Miller. And I believe they saw, but I'm pretty sure McD- I don't remember their term, but I believe one of them had an extra year. But, you know, they got those guys signed, too.
0: I'll double-check, but I believe it was
2: McDonough. Looking back on that trade, by the way, that honestly, I think Tampa fleeced them.
1: Because it was what? Brett Howden?
2: Libor Hayek. um, Manoslav Nemestikov. And like a bunch of draft picks.
1: Wow. Steve Iserman, man. I hope he got a ring. Because he really built that roster. And then Julian just sort of sort of the fine-tune. All right, then let's talk about it, this. It,
0: it was McDonough, by the way, who had an extra year on his deal.
1: Okay, good, 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 good. And then they flipped Miller for some picks because Tampa Bay. God oh, damn it. A first. That ended up
2: becoming Blake Coleman because they traded that pick. That be Wait, I always get his name wrong, but Shakur Mahmoudoulin.
1: Is that the Russian defenseman that was at the War of Juniors this year?
2: Yes. Yeah, that was the draft pick. That was the, the Vancouver pick.
1: You know what though? Vancouver, JT Millers worked out for Vancouver. I think that's a fair deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Um here's the question, all right. Goaltending lost Toronto that game versus Winnipeg, the the most yeah. recent one, right? Michael Hutchinson was not great.
0: Oh, uh, really?
1: <laughs> wasted no time pulling him in that game. And then Freddie was not. Fantastic.
2: He had his moments, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but they. Um, and and I think if you are at the Leafs right now, the way you have to measure yourself right now is to the Winnipeg Jets because they are they are right now the biggest obstacle they have in this division, especially if they get Matthias at home. And what do Winnipeg have for sure? You can compare the top six, and the analytics community can make fun of Mark Shifley all they want. Um, but goaltending rules in this league, and we know that. Um, what is the goaltending solution here? Because they, I don't know. No, does anyone know what is uh, exactly up with Jack Campbell right now? Because no. they no. need to get another goalie stat. I,
0: I believe he is back. Last time I checked, they took him off IR. Um, I'm going to double-check on Cop Friendly right now just to be sure. He's off IR, so I, I guess he could play. Um, What's going on? No, I, I, I don't know what the solution is here. I saw what you put in the document. Um, We'll bring it up. But <laughs> you're in a tough situation because – I think it was you who said this to me. I think whenever Toronto plays Winnipeg, they walk in knowing that their goalie could steal them a game like nine times out of 10. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I don't think Toronto feels that way. No, I don't feel that way. I I think Connor Hellebuck is clearly like is better than Frederick Anderson. I don't think that's up for debate. So what goaltender are you going to go out there and get that is a game changer in in a way, because then you're going to have three goalies on your roster and which is fine. Right. But what does that do for you for the rest of the season?
1: I'll tell you this. It makes sure Michael Hutchinson never touches the ice again, which is invaluable. But
0: but they put themselves in that situation already where they had three goalies and had to put one through waivers and then lost one. Like there you have to find, first off, you have to find a cheap goaltender who fits the cap, because they're already in cap issues and you have to find a goaltender that is a, not, not necessarily a game changer, but someone who is decent, bare minimum.
2: I think two things and I've said it before in a joking way, but you know, we look back on the joining Bimmingtons of the world. We look back on the James Rymers of the world Do you give Joel Wall a chance? No. No? Why not?
1: No. Not because. Because
2: I mean, like, for the Rivermen, Jordan Bennington didn't have fantastic numbers, and then they just gave him a chance. I'm not saying he's going to be Jordan Bennington, but I'm just saying there's that option in terms of the cost.
1: Bennington didn't just come with, like, he came in January for a team that was already in 31st place and had nothing to lose.
0: Well, but I think Bennington was a different situation. Like what is it that we're looking Like the question in Toronto is what is it that we're looking for, for Toronto in terms of goaltending? Like what asset are you bringing in? Something that is rent a rental, something that is for the rest of the season or something that you can say at the end of the season, Hey, well, he's a, he'll be a UFA at the end of the year. But you know what? We, Freddie Anderson's up. We're probably not going to bring him back. And someone has to play with Jack Campbell. Like, is that what we're looking for?
1: This is the question, okay? And this is, at the end of the day, this is all that matters. Is this the best chance that this team has had to win a Stanley Cup?
2: You know, Chris Johnson said that last year, too, when we went to 31 sure. thoughts,
1: But we'll compare, that was then. Look at the sure the now.
0: No, now, but that's the question I'm asked. But when you get okay. into game one of the playoffs, who is going to play your games?
1: That, that's it. You if At this point, you have to make the decision. Do you just get – because they need a third goal. I, they, listen, I know like, – this is Kyle Dubas' job. We can look at it and Correct. say there are financial issues here. Well, yeah. that's that's him and Sheldon Pridham's um, – Sheldon Pridham. That's him and Brandon Pridham's problem to figure out. Right. They cannot go into the playoffs if Hutchinson is a third goalie. That cannot happen. And I'm really annoyed because I thought of this the other day, and I listened to Steve Dango podcast, and what does Adam Wilde suggest? He brings up Jonathan Bernier, who I had on this goddamn document. I'm annoyed about that because he is, at worst, at worst, a backup goalie Mm -hmm. at that level, which is – listen, everyone, like, laughs – right now at at the Canadians for their goaltending situation, AKA the money that's into it. Right. Right. But you know, they have a quality backup. And if you're the Leafs, obviously you can't pay $4 million for a backup goalie. No, but if you can get a million or two for a good third goalie, or you make a big deal. And I mean like a big deal here that involves moving Freddie to try and get a guy who's better. Now, the question is, is that a guy like auntie Ronta? Maybe is the guy like I don't know exactly at this moment what Darcy he- Kemper's health concerns are right now, but I mean, th- that is the question. Because if you are uncertain about goaltending, which I feel like the fan base is right now, if the fan base feed that narrative and players start playing a different way when they are not sure about the goaltender behind them, and that's what was so special about what Hutchinson did for Colorado wasn't his play it was at Colorado and we saw this in the game against the Oilers the reason that Hutchinson got that shutout was not because of Michael Hutchinson it's because of the team in front of him
0: right so but the way they played against Winnipeg or the game like what am I like I, I don't know like I think they've played different in, in front of Michael Hutchinson compared to last year because in, in last year, it was an absolute joke the way they played it. And we've talked about it on the podcast. Every mm-hmm. time they played in front of Michael Hutchinson, it was like they forgot how to play hockey. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we need to focus on the defense. Well, you could barely do that because your defense wasn't competent, and you're then you just forgot how to
2: play offense. Right? So
1: Yeah. Yeah. The- I have
2: another option at goaltending.
1: Sorry, one, let me just say this. Okay, thing. go on. I'll throw the issue is, Hutchinson is now at a point, and we saw this in the Winnipeg game, that it doesn't matter how the Leafs play, those goals should not have gone in.
0: Correct. And there is
1: yeah. nothing Toronto themselves can do about it. I think that's, that is that is the big problem there. And, um, sorry, what are you going to say, Dan?
2: Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the other options that Toronto may have for UFA goalies that May you know do something and they're around the same price point, a little cheaper than Jonathan Bernier. And bear with me because I know that they're on pretty bad teams, but they have shown to be a bit consistent. Okay, all right. So there is a Carter Hudden, a Linus Allmark, which Linus Allmark's Uh, numbers for Buffalo, he's not that bad.
0: Uh, Allmark, I can do Hudden, no, yeah, uh,
2: um, for 700,000.
1: If you say Chris Drieger.
2: he has a point nine one four, and he's played eight games so far this year, and the team's not going Chris anywhere.
0: Drieger. That that's not Chris Drieger.
2: This is Scott Wedgewood. For Tampa, yeah, right, or New uh, New Jersey? for the Devils, ice oh, in New Jersey, yes, yeah, not bad. <laughs> real Junior legend. Who? I remember he wore green pads for the real for the World Juniors because he just didn't want to change his Plymouth Whalers.
1: Has Blackwood been hurt and that's who we're going with here?
2: Um, because the thing is they also have Aaron Dell that they've been playing, like, so they've been yeah. shuffling between the three goalies.
1: Who they stole, by the way. Um okay, who, 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 who. We still have the, the habs to talk about, by the way. So
2: mm-hmm. Oh no, that's no, that was the guys. Those were the guys.
1: Blackwood? Sorry? Wedgewood.
2: No, Wedgewood. Wedgewood. Yes. <laughs> no, a bit I know that's confusing.
1: I don't want to be that guy, but I don't think the Leafs need to bet on the guy who's played eight games.
2: Okay, well, it's been in the league a while.
1: No, it's an option. And then maybe yeah. the answer is Chris Drieger. In that case, though, if you're the Panthers, and if, if Kyle is willing to give up the top prospect, and I'm not saying you trade Sandine for Chris Drieger, but if there's, a, if there's a package there that you can try and do Lilligan.
2: Philip Hollander in the draft
1: pick. So I'm not very familiar with Philip Hollander. What is that guy's ceiling? ceiling
0: um from what i've read he seems to be he could be a middle six guy that's what that's what i've read like i don't know
2: like he was a safe pick in the end of the second round
0: like this doesn't say much he was like what the penguins third best prospect and i know that doesn't say much because they're that Samuel and friends? Well, they and, trade them
1: all, so it's hard. To right,
0: find. that's why. Um, but like, he'll be in NHL. Though. I don't. I don't think that's ever been up for debate.
1: Okay. And I mean, hey, the Panthers have not been afraid to just sort of get assets. Really, I mean, we, we saw that with the uh, the Trocheck deal. Maybe that's an option. And I mean, if we talk about cap situation, Drieger is up. Yeah. There.
0: Yeah. It it'll be. It'll be tough. And you have to make sure you resign him. is mm-hmm. like, it's I like I know a Gorgiev RFA,
2: situation mm-hmm. there, right. it's like a Gorgiev, where like you know they don't have to trade him, but he's like a young, you know, quality goalie.
1: Yeah, that's fair. It's just you know, still we're we're throwing out options. It's a very it's it's difficult. I think that discussion has proved that it's difficult. And but you know what, one good thing is, as fans and as podcasters, I hate that I just call myself. Um this trade should come sooner sooner rather than later because of the leaf schedule. Yeah. Which could help. Um, okay, anything else we want to mention about the Leafs presser forwards? Anything they could look at, goaltending, anything else at all?
0: No, nothing Daniel. for me. Okay. I'm good.
1: Okay. Mark Bergevin our good friend. Mr. Burge. Never know what he's gonna do. Never, never, never Marky Mark. Marky Mark. Mark Burge. Okay, so <laughs> let me get a cap friendly quickly because the tail is. First of all, while I'm, you look
2: for cap friendly, can you put your cap on?
1: The one I just took off. Yeah. Why?
2: Put on your cap friendly cap.
1: Okay. They <laughs> should come up
2: with those. <laughs> Which they one? They really, they really should. Uh, the mint one. I didn't see that one in a while. Check out the YouTube. check out the mint hat. Yeah, man. The Victor they, mint will, hat. You
0: know what, Daniel? You're right. They really should make a. A cap friendly cap. I would buy it.
1: A lot, I think a lot of people. Oh, how yeah. many people use that site? Okay, the Montreal Canadians. I have no idea how projected cap works because at first the Athletic Article had at about four million for the Canadians. Now it's yesterday it was like a hundred thousand. Now it's up to three point five. I don't know. First off, Ben Sherrat, we know now, um, got surgery on his wrist and will be out at least six to eight weeks. Mark Bergevin said it looks like six. So he will be back before the end of the season, which does punch a hole in the LTIR stuff. Um, also, Paul Byron's just been put on waivers. He cleared as well today, so that's good. So more cap space to be cleared there. Um, so Vershaven, yeah, we talked about earlier. He did say that he is not planning on actually boosting up the defense, which I still just don't believe. Now, if Ekholm isn't an option, though... I wonder what else they could be looking at, because some people have suggested maybe a puck mover. And so what I was thinking about, I don't know the pure extent of his ability, because he is injury prone, but, and I'll show this to Daniel first, because you would know a lot more than I would, and there are already some fins on the team. I wonder if they could look at a Sammy Vatanen who I believe has a career, his career is points per game, I think is something like 0. 0.4, which is for a defenseman. I think that's around what Petrie gets. The only question is his health. As you remember, he was hurt when he was acquired by the Carolina Hurricanes last year.
2: Yeah, I think Sammy Vatten have fit perfectly for this team. He's been an excellent puck mover. He's He's been a guy that he'll stick with the team in a way that He'll know his role. I think that's been the biggest thing for him because I when he was in Anaheim, he was kind of like, you know, the power play specialist, a guy that he could put on the third pair but still get, you know, meaningful minutes on the special teams. But I think it really fell off for him when he went to New Jersey mm-hmm. because he was expected to be that top four guy that, you know, because of the devil's depth, he was sometimes being on that that top defensive pair. And I think like I absolutely have that kind of concern as well. Because when he went to Carolina, I think there was that expectation that he was going to shine again because he didn't have so much responsibility anymore. But again, like the injuries kind of were here and there, but it's another guy where I think the devil's kind of picked up to just see where they were going to be in the season. But I expect them to be sellers. And I think that they're just going to see what they can get for Vatanen because – they didn't really get a whole lot. They got like two bottom tier prospects and a fourth for him at the deadline. I think that they're just going to see what they can, can get for him before he walks. So I think Montreal is going to get a better price than Carolina. Question. Yeah.
0: Do you think, and I know you don't think like, I think we all think Mark Burge is lying about not doing anything. <laughs> like most GM, I think most GMs when they do the press conference aren't telling the hundred percent, the truth. Um, but do you think that, and he's done this in the past, do you think he's more inclined to make depth moves than go out and make a, str- a bigger addition, let's say, like Ekholm? Because I don't necessarily think of Vatnin in the same way I think of Ekholm. I can see Vatanen being more of a a depth piece than than, um, than a, sh- a guy who's going to f- slot into your top four.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking about it, right? And Montreal's top four, right, is obviously Weber, Petrie. Are you going to displace those guys? Not really. Edmonton has been staple to Petrie, and it's been working really well. And then it's been Ben Sherratt and Weber, which I think a lot of people would like to break up.
2: I think in terms of smooth skating and filling in, like, a guy who kind of needs a new sense of scenery and is similar money, like, do you think Montreal would look – to a Brandon Montour? No. Why not?
1: Listen, 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 listen. listen. <laughs> I've, I've all of a sudden gotten in love with the Vatnin deal, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, and again, I, I'm not – I'm just going to sound terrible here. I don't know a lot about Montour either. What I know about Sammy is this. I was watching some highlights of his, and I see a lot of point shots, naturally, because he's a defenseman. Um, I've been looking at Montreal's power play, which has been all of a sudden a lot better. boy, Alex Burrows, let's go. Um, what I've noticed is the unit that actually has Jeff Petrie on it, that's like the Nemi one, is lights out. Their other unit starts to struggle a bit. And um, the big issue there is sort of working the back of it and trying to straddle the line has been Shea Weber, who we know the big shot in the physicality, but you know, his leg speed's never been great. And I wonder if a guy like Vatanen, who is right handed as well, I believe, but uh, he plays the left and the right side, does he not?
2: Mm-hmm. He's actually a righty, but he plays the left. As well. I
1: think it would be a really, really good fit that way because he could also he could he could slot in with Shea Weber and then you give Romanov who can go likes to go on a skate, give him the partner in Ben Shirap, break up that line, give all pairing a bit of foot speed, and it boosters the other side of the power play. So that, that's just I think Vatney would be a better fit than Montour. That and it's just I I think we have some players you look at where you think yeah, he's been good in Buffalo, but there are also people... There's the Buffalo stench of... Yeah, but he's been on Buffalo. He
2: hasn't been good in Buffalo, though.
1: <laughs> Which it's, is a bad sign. It's
2: a, you need to Martin, change the scenery a bit.
1: Like, Martin Marincin couldn't crack Edmonton's defense back in the day. Was he really going to be a great... And like? And we see where he is for the Leafs. I don't think he's touched an NHL game, has he? No.
2: no nope. a
1: damn game, but...
2: There's I have another reason. option. There's another option. There's someone that we didn't look at, and he's just quietly had an amazing, well, not amazing, but like a really solid season. Who? And I'm going to say his last name wrong. Okay. So you guys no. can correct me.
1: Yeah.
2: He's on Arizona. Oh. Jordan Osterrell. Osterell? Oh, that's Australia. not the guy. That's not the guy I thought you were going to say at all. Who do you thought I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Nick Jarmelson. No, that's too much money. So that's they why I thought like...
1: They don't need that. They need, I think at this point, the steady Eddie defenseman is not what they need.
2: No, they want no. the risk taker.
1: I think they need another puck mover. Um, by the way, I was quickly getting up uh, some Twitter to see some stuff. Uh, on his media call today, G- Buffalo GM Kevin Adams said he's looking at adding an AGM where the Sabres have permission to speak to Jason Carmanos, most recently in Pittsburgh. He and Adams have a long history. Um, no, I, I don't – Australia may be better, but, but not not Almerson. No, not at all. And, you know, a, a, another side of it for Montreal is – I remember Darren Dreger tweeting, um, you know what, look for the Habs to do something because – stop me if you've heard this before. They have a lot of draft picks. They have their yeah. first, uh, their – and Tampa Bay second. How the hell did they get Tampa second? Hold on a minute. Let me just click on the details of how the hell they got this pick. Because, um, what? The, oh, they moved back. That's why. Okay that's, oh, okay. that's weird. So, a first, two seconds, three thirds, three fourths, three fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. It's a lot. the pick, smart? You can get Vaden for that. Yeah. And he's only making two sure. million. Like, I think, man, I should be a GM. I think, I think Vatnin's the move now. He's the I think guy. Sammy Vatnin's the move.
2: Is he... This season's... I mean, this part of the season's Tyler Toffoli watch?
1: I hope. It doesn't sound like there's been a whole lot of talk with him either around the trade front. It feels like it's been very quiet.
2: He needs to kind of yeah rebuild a bit of that value. I, Sammy Vatnin? Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. just kind of weird that... I, I always forget he was on Carolina, like, well, on Carolina.
0: Like, I don't think his, I I don't think his, what did he get traded for last year? Because I don't think that Uh, you're getting. Two bottom, like
2: tier prospects and a fourth.
0: Like, I, I don't know if that's, if I think the price is lower. Like he is his point totals and I know he's a defenseman. So it's a little bit different, but I think they've significantly dropped off. Like, he has three points in 16 games. Last year, he had 23 points in 47 games in the regular season. Like, I think he's a good addition, and it doesn't help that he's playing on New Jersey, right? And they haven't been the greatest of teams this year. I think if you put him on Montreal, we're having a different conversation, especially if you're putting him next to Shea Weber or you're putting him next to Romanov or you're putting him next to Ben Sherat, we're having a different story, Mm -hmm. but I just don't think, I think you're right, Adam, that because you have those plethora of picks, it's going to be easier to get him. I don't necessarily think his value is what it was last season.
2: Mm -hmm. So there's, I'm just going to see if this was correct. Don't forget Um,
1: the devils who have only just won their first home game in 10 games, by the way. Right. Right.
0: (laughs) <laughs> like they were both Like both Buffalo and New Jersey Were on Bad losing streaks
1: mm-hmm.
2: So <laughs> Yeah I mean New Jersey I still give them a bit of the upper hand But Both bad What's oh. with the Hudson River Sorry What's with the Hudson River
1: I don't know man
2: um... you know, Buffalo, New Jersey Rangers are kind of but Islanders are somehow the best
1: did you say the Rangers are kinda on there?
2: I mean they're kind of Yeah, you know, they're 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 kinda just there. Just I'm this.
1: not big on geography, so I couldn't tell you.
2: I mean like in terms of like the Hudson River teams like surrounding it, like all the New York State and New Jersey based teams.
1: Isn't it weird to think that New York and Buffalo are in the same state?
2: Sometimes. Sometimes it is,
1: yes. Look at, look at New York City and you're like, oh my god. And then, I don't mean to insult them, but you look at Buffalo and I'm like, oh my god.
2: <laughs> great outlets, though. That is true. First time I went to the Cheesecake Factory. Was in Buffalo? I was in Buffalo, yeah.
1: Um, I also want to get your guys' thoughts on Mr. Carey Price, who has played his 700th career game. I believe he's one of six current goaltenders to do it. Um, god, It feels like he has been around for so long. But 600 games. Uh, we don't hear about games played a lot for goalies. I think only three of them have ever played a 1,000. I want to say Marty did it further. Lou did it. I don't know if Patrick Waugh did, but I know he played till he was 35. I'm going to double check it. Um, Alex, 700 games.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, that's a uh, especially for a goalie. I feel like that's, uh, you made a good point there. It's not, we don't talk about games played for goalies a whole lot, but I think 700 is a really big number. Uh, just, I mean, getting up there in numbers is, is impressive for a goalie anyways. And he's like, he has been, and I know the last bit after, uh the, before the recent games has been a weird stretch of games, but like he is an elite goalie. There is no question about it. Um, and like, he how many records does he have? Like we had this discussion before. I think on one of like the original pop quizzes, you asked me if he has the record for certain, um, certain rec- Canadians records, and he had most of them. I think there was one that he didn't have.
1: It's uh, I think the only record he doesn't have for goaltenders is shutouts because Haynesworth is like seventy five. Um, Daniel,
2: it's weird that he's already played seven hundred games to me. Yeah. Because it's just one of those one of those players that you when I when I was a kid, when I was little, that I just remember watching him in the World Juniors and I remember him, you know, splitting time with Christabel Huey. And then suddenly he's considered like a veteran, which is something to say, it's the same thing as Ovechkin, where it's just these are these are fixtures of the game. These are guys that have really been those generational talents that kind of define like these guys are the faces of the of the league. And I, I certainly would put Carey Price there that he's just been so consistent that I know that there's a bit of criticism there, here and there now, but I still think he's an amazing goalie. I think that the legacy of him, like just being in Montreal for what they've had for their history of goalies, is just he's up there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but, by the way, his career save percentage is a 917. Like, that's pretty damn good. And uh, by the way, Wall thousand twenty nine, Malongo, thousand forty four, Berdier twelve hundred and sixty six games played.
0: Oh, that's a lot of games.
1: Yeah, he's like, never.
0: I think I think we sometimes, and we don't realize this until after they're retired or they're gone from your team that. Especially with a team like Montreal, who is one of like the original teams in the NHL. We don't realize how good someone is until we've lost it, which is the cheesiest, is a very cheesy saying. But, <laughs> but I think it applies here, right? Because I think as you age, I think we forget about all, like as a player ages, we forget about how good they were in their Earlier years are in their prime, and the fact that he's played 700 games should say a lot. And for such a historic franchise,
1: most games played in the franchise, most wins, um, the record for a single season wins. The only goalie to win the Hart, the Vezina, the Jennings, the Lindsay won the Lou Marsh. Um, listen,
2: you forgot one more. What's that? The only goalie to win Adam's Hart.
1: Exactly. My favorite player of all time. War Junior gold. War Cup of Hockey. Olympic gold. Um, listen. Uh, listen. Uh, we're love, he's Because of the position he's in in this team, he's always the first one to be blamed. Um, but you know what? Um, there has, in this era, there has not been a goalie that has been ridden more than Carey Price, and that has had to have been the guy. Um, Lundqvist is second there, but at least the Rangers had some deep runs. Uh, one that should not have been deeper than Montreal's, but Chris Kreider will uh, forever have a black stain in my view. Um, Carey Price, congratulations. And he is getting the start again tonight. So uh, he's been on the heater. He's a percentage, I think last month was an 8.98. It's up to a 9.09 so far, uh, which is not amazing in the grand scheme of things, but the way that he's very quickly climbing back up. For um, the Canadian division? For the Canadian division, man. <laughs> The fact that he went below 900 to around league average in a month, uh, I think you can tell how well. And he was the reason they won in Winnipeg. It was um, the other day. He was lights out. Um, Yeah. Okay. I think that is everything, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Yeah. I think we're good. If you enjoyed this episode of the show, because of course you did, you should definitely check out the YouTube portion to see all our beautiful faces and me, putting my hat off and on for about the past hour and a half. Uh, check out Daniel's stuff for the hockey riders and the eye opener. Nathaniel, what was it? What was the new, your new piece called again? My uh,
2: Nathaniel Brooks. The, uh, yeah, he's perfect. a coach for the Rams men's hockey team.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. It was so good. It It's above the sports issue stuff because it was, Will just saw it and was like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's more impressive than, um, I tried to think of a royal family reference. This is um, it,
0: you know. This is it, you know how it's. This ain't it, chief. This mm-hmm. is it, chief.
1: It, this is a very good article.
2: And- <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: It is. Um, be sure to check out Alex's blog, my ha, YouTube channel, Fab stuff. You love to see it. And your piece Ad- in- report cards are coming soon.
0: Mm-hmm. And your you- piece in the eye, eye opener. Yes. yes.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's fine. We really share cool.
2: that on the social media.
1: That's really cool, by the way. I, Will just sent me the link in the Twitter DMs, and it's really cool that actually see it. Okay. Awesome. Um. And uh, yeah, check Voice Ad. Thank you as always for being a fantastic platform for the show. Uh, if you're on Spotify or podcast app for I- iOS, check us out. Leave a five star review. If you're the two star person, we want to want to have chat. Have a real chat.
2: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
1: We're going to look as disappointed in you as Queen Elizabeth was at at Charles's thingy when he became the Prince of Wales. Just, Just, you know.